Welcome everybody once again to your weekly, so to speak, uh, podcast. Uh, welcome to Bandcast. This is Father Ken. Uh, my name's Ken, and I'm so glad that you're here to join us today. I want to thank you for for taking just a few minutes of your day. One of the things that we're trying to do with Bandcast is get it down to an hour and be able to discuss some of the things that are happening in magic finance across the world, and uh, with members in the United States, in Canada, in South America, and also all over the European Union. We're very glad that you're here with us. Thanks for joining us and being a part of what we're doing. Uh, Charlie, thank you for sending out that. Get in here. The cast is live. Uh, we are going to be recording live. This is one of the things that we're trying to do. We're also trying to get down to an hour and keep it at that. And one of the things that we're going to try today is try to do it all in one take with very little editing. They don't want you to steal those at all. Wow. Yeah, really, it's it's good luck. Um, I've, I've noticed that I say um or ah quite a bit, and I try to edit those out, and that's not going to be edited out this time. Still survive. I think we will. I think it makes me sound more like a real human being instead of this <laughs> amazing baritone. Uh, one of the things that we are doing today as well is we're talking really about the rumors that are going on. I am, I am absolutely astounded by the no sheer number of rumors that are happening. Um, one of the things that I, I really want you to hear from me, um, my my judges in the local area have received their judge promos uh, Monday and Tuesday this week. They are looking to out them because none of these judges have worked an event since January. And our renewal is coming up in the next two months. Um, most people, most judges have their annual renewal in in September, October, November. The judges just got their promos. They are looking to out them as quick as possible and get them moved on as quick as possible. Um, they're ready to move them. I've, I've made arrangements with one of the L2s in my area to already buy his Eye of Ugans from him because I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment and I am actually uh, building Legacy Eldrazi and I'm trying to keep it foiled out, so... I, How I much are you paying? <laughs> well, today the market value on them is $35 a piece. Uh, I'm going to offer him 25 and see if he'll take it just to get them out of his hands. Um, okay. If he says no, we can uh, arrange something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has has the European Union gotten their promos yet? Yeah. car market is flooded with them. All right. And uh, Ivogan is 16 euros. 16 euros? Yes. Yeah. That's about, <laughs> what, $20 US right yeah. now? So. 
Yeah, it's on par with shipping considered. Yeah, which completely fine. You know, if if I can get them for fifteen euros, then I'm I'm gonna buy them. I'm gonna buy them at fifteen euros. I'm and I'm gonna offer the guy twenty bucks instead of twenty five. You know, he's he's just looking to get out of them, which you know, great. I really think that this round of judge promos have been the absolute worst uh, that they've had in, since 2017. And I'm, I'm not saying that too lightly. I, I really think that they top-ended loaded a lot of the promos. So you had four really good ones at the beginning of the year. You have two good conference ones. And then you have four that are kind of iffy on the back end. I've had people asking for Sterling Groves. And in fact, I think that's a reasonable card to buy right now. Charlie, what's your price in the European Union? Uh, Sterling Grove. I think all of them are hovering around 20, 25. Yeah, 20 on the spot. Okay. 20, 21. Then, so I'm, I'm just going to look up real-world data today um, from uh, from the MTG ban uh, webpage. And I'm, I'm going to bring it up right now. I'm, I'm typing in Sterling Grove, and we'll see. Like, they're really, really bad, I think, the, the last four of the judge promos. Everybody's trying to dump them because everybody thinks they are, most of them are, like, 10 euro or $10 promos, the I, short term. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, my numbers actually put it closer at 24 for Eye of Ugin. I said I said 25 for Sterling Grove. Yeah. I'm thinking about 50 for Infernal Tutor. And I also think about, um, what was the last one? Birthing Pod. The birthing most important pod. I, think, yeah. I think Birthing Pod's going to stick around 50, uh, at least in the short term. The next two weeks, those are your, our, our opportunities. And then in the long term, uh, you're looking at double that. And I don't think... I think you could even go triple that with birthing pod in a year, but I'm going to start looking to outmine in five months because that's what the market's doing right now. The judges are rushing to sell right now because they, they have bills to pay in the next two months and they haven't worked a single event. And if they want to maintain status, they have to pay to play. It's so like $150, right? For the lower levels and up to 450 for the top end. So it's it's a hundred dollars for hundred dollars U.S. and then they they say that they they make it similar to that hundred dollars U.S. in other countries. So they try to they try to do the math at the time to to get the amount similar to a hundred dollars U.S. in other countries. So it's so, becoming cheaper in other countries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, for the U.S., hundred dollars for level one, uh, two hundred dollars for level two. $300 for level three. Oh, okay, so uh, it's, it's no, no, increments it's, of 100. No, it's actually 400 for level three. I'm yeah, sorry. because yeah, the level threes are getting four of each promo, I think, or three of each promo every yeah. time. Yeah. You know what? It, it could be different. I, I, I never looked into level three. I'm never going to be a level three. Um, it's completely fine by me, whatever they do. I, I just want the opportunity to be able to teach. And in fact, I'm, I'm leading a, a judge conference. I'm not leading. I'm teaching at a judge conference next weekend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be covering how to interact with stores and work with stores during COVID-19. And how do you keep yourself safe? But all of this is happening right now in the world of, of judge promos. If I could recommend anything to you right now, 
uh, it would be to buy Sterling Grove and Birthing Pod. Those are the only two I can recommend buying right now. I, and I, and, uh, and Demonic Tudor. I, I bought eight of the Creepy Girl Demonic Tudors today. Yeah, but we're we're kind of we're kind of past the low on on the Creepy Girl right now on, on Demonic Tudor. Uh, that seems low... like eighty bucks, right? Or eighty euros, I think. Yeah, I paid uh, eighty eighty two euro fifty for eight shipped. Eight. Oh, that's cheap. Somebody dumped them on car market, I guess. Yeah, Spanish well, we we had people selling them here in the U.S. for fifty not too long ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> less yeah. less than three months ago, and you could get them you could get them at under fifty in the EU and have them shipped over. I know I had I had done that with a couple of them, um, but you know we're kind of past that that part where they're at their lowest, and then we have to start looking at the high marks. And right now, Demonic Tutor is what one hundred and thirty U.S. dollars. Uh, I sold one, I sold one last week at one hundred and thirty-eight, and I sold one at one hundred and forty-four. Okay. So it's still a reasonable, it's a reasonable buy and sell. It's something that we can move very quickly. Um, EU arbitrage right now for judge promos is huge. I, I'm just scratching my head at Infernal Tutor. Is, is that a huge EDH card or is it just a legacy playable card? Uh, let me check because I was like Burning Pot. I know it's, it's pretty big in EDH, but Infernal Tutor is in roughly... It's Almost theory. zero decks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because it's such a low printing. There's very yeah. few foils. Foil Infernal Tutor tutors from the set. I forget which set it came in. Are like three four hundred dollars. They're extremely expensive foil. Yeah, they uh, were at some point. They're high mark. So I think uh, it's just Infernal Tutor is very hard. Infernal Tutor is very hard to get in a foil version. Well, very expensive. So you can get two of them right now from from Card Kingdom for one hundred and twenty Dissension foils. Near Mint, yeah. 120. It's definitely cool. fallen a bit. Cool Stuff Inc. You can get one of them there for 100. Strike Zone has three of them at 100. Uh, Channel Fireball has slightly paid six of them for 90 bucks. So for those of you that are listening that are not in the live cast right now, that are listening to this on their phones the next day or whatever when we release it, what Ken's talking about is our search tool that. Um, that Coda has put together that makes it very easy to find lots and lots of different sites. Um, and the, the, the buy and sell mark for, <clears throat> for a given card, at, you know, within a few seconds of a search, um, it's really, really useful. It's one of the, one of the major perks of, of becoming a, a member. I think you only have to give two bucks to get access to that. Right. Fagan? Yeah. Yep. Two a month is the, the lowest level. And then you have five. Yeah. And that saves so much time over going to multiple sites and searching for a card if you can just put the name in one place and boom tons of sites come up with their buy price their buy list price their sell price you know different different version um conditions and all that so just wanted to plug that really quick one of the other things that being live doesn't do is allow you to unmute yourself <laughs> very quickly <laughs> so i apologize for that i'm just looking at birthing pod right now uh 50 us on tcg low uh the buy price right now is 30 dollars at card kingdom and channel fireball uh you look at that you see where the numbers are going to go people are thinking that birthing pod's going to go back up to that 60 to 70 dollar mark in a couple of weeks it's 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 one of those cards that that slots into 
to EDH very well. Uh, in, in fact, CEDH, they want it. Infernal Tutor, nobody's really going to be playing. They're going to be a glut on the market. They don't really fit into EDH at all uh, unless you're playing one deck uh, in in EDH. And, and it's not really a competitive deck because it, it gets hosed by any number of things. But we just think about all of these cards and we think about the judge promos that just came out and then the fact that conferences are on the ramp up. We're going to see more 2019 promos coming out. We're also going to be seeing more uh, of the of the Sylvan Tutor and the other white card uh, tutor that they, may, that they are printing. I think it's a white card. But we're going to see more of those come out through the fall. We don't know if people are going to be selling them, but uh, we definitely want to be keeping our eyes on those. So that is my rant about Judge Promos right now. And you know how uh, how I am with Judge Promos. I, they're one of those things that are just staples for me to buy and sell. And I really like doing that. In fact, I've worked with Bacon on a number of different projects and Charlie uh, in the past to be able to to get judge promos from the EU to the US. But right now, one of the things that is really intriguing to me is how there's a huge opportunity to go from the US to the EU. And Bacon has been talking about this on cast uh, and in the Discord for quite a while. But Bacon, what, what types of movements are you seeing in the European Union that people should be ready to jump on? Or how can we get you cards? So you mean uh, bringing the States cards across to me in Europe, or are you talking about me moving stuff into the U.S.? Well, uh, you know, you were talking about how there was a uh, some need for some cards in the European Union that the U.S. just has massive amounts of. Yeah, um, we, I think I was referring to the uh, the Double Masters cards. Um, I think there was, for the first time in a long time, the pre-orders in the U.S. were kind of uh, cheaper than the European market just comes out of allocation i haven't really looked too far into it but it definitely looks like we're picking up a few cards from there bringing them over here and um i think charlie mentioned this one as well the other day but um modern staples are extremely cheap in america compared to um to ireland but i'm sure he can talk more about that because i haven't looked at that myself yeah yeah they're dirt cheap <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what was the example you told us the other day the, the uh, yeah and no, I, I bought uh like uh played snapcasters for Say eighteen dollars, I think, after discount, and French prodigies and Kalitas, all of them like way below a uh, card market, like five six euros on on cards from eighteen euros. So yeah, that's that's really stupid. It also helps that the dollar is uh, like pretty depressed right now so it's good for our us european people to be buying in uh, america i think because yeah the dollar is cheap yeah definitely i, I felt that myself with moving, <laughs> moving across the tcg of course i just decided to finally start selling in that market and then the dollar just <laughs> crazy crashes <laughs> yeah yeah i feel you <laughs> that's fine these are the swings and roundabouts we'll, we'll live through it yeah, that's one of the things that I've been paying attention to, too. Um, one of the things that I've been trying to do is sell CEDH cards to the local players. And I have just been getting stuck with some of the worst customers locally. Guys that, that want cards cheap, but don't want to pay shipping and don't want to pay for me to do the work to find them. Uh, I, I don't ask a whole lot. I, I want 5%. 
you know, that doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. That's, uh, take... <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> and just to be able to, to take the risk, to have the connections, to be able to move stuff from the EU to the U.S. But they want cheap cards. Well, in the European Union right now, you can't get cheap cards. Um, you got to have that, that 0.8 multiplier from dollar to, to EU. It's it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, I know, Max, that is the norm with a lot of locals. Um, and I'm just trying to raise the standards in my area so people know what to expect. Uh, what else are you seeing right now, Charlie? Are, is there anything major happening in your market? Um, well... Finally, Europe is uh, waking up on the reserve lift cards that have been spiking up in uh, America for the last couple of months. Uh, we've seen cards like Aluren, uh, the last copies of Gaius Cradle are <laughs> being bought out as we speak. I also bought a couple of them again um, because uh, the American market is is really, really uh, becoming ex expensive. And like some of the cards are just don't have any stock left. Like if you are going to look up uh, Gaius Cradle near Mint, we have three copies left, uh, I think, on car on the TCG player. And they are starting at $1,000. <laughs> so, yeah, most of the, let's call them the, the lower end of the reserve list. So no uh, moxes, no uh, uh, lotuses, just duels. Uh, yeah, uh, Pride is uh, showing us in the Discord. Uh, only three more, three listings left of uh, the cradles. Um, a lot of the stuff is moving, and people in Europe are finally noticing that uh, there is a lot of money to be made in America. I guess with those cards. Uh, I bought. Uh, Lake of the Dead this week. Um, let me pull up some orders. One sec. Uh, intuitions. Uh, like everything from 50 bucks up to like 500 bucks I've been buying. Uh, and I've been doing that for the last couple of months. Uh, since I think early January, February. Uh, a lot of people in the in the the magic community or the the MGG finance community uh, saw an, an upward trend, uh, and I really think that the COVID helped <laughs> with the uh, the distribution problems that we see with vendors not getting cards in and not turning over cards quick enough. So, and I don't think COVID is going anywhere soon. So this is this is something that will will be possible for the next six to eight months, I think. Yeah, I agree. making money on the reserve list cards. Yeah, but everything's just evolving right now. I don't yeah, think COVID is going to change until what, probably mid twenty twenty one. Who knows? Maybe even rolling into twenty twenty two. But see, I mean, there, there is the two different markets. You can hold on to your sealed product if you can get it cheap enough. That's if you can even get it into the country. Um, otherwise, I'd just be doing the same thing, going after the reserve lists and just going after the gaps in the market like we normally do. Yeah, but it's it's also fine to spread like like some people called me crazy that I was buying a Moblin and a, a Pioneer card this week. They were like, "Why are you putting money towards that?" I'm like, "Yeah, uh, sometime like in the next two years, we're gonna play uh, paper events again 
and I want to be prepared with with some of the stock and like really like Jay's French prodigies for fifteen bucks. That's just too cheap, I think, for such a card. So just keep your eyes open and uh, ride the wave because the, the supply problems are not going away anytime soon with the vendors. And not, not everyone is, is buy listing the heck out of uh, Card Kingdom. Uh, like in the Netherlands, nobody buy lists. They're all, I don't want to call them lazy, but they just don't have any affinity with it. So That's they're, good they're, for us. <laughs> but, well, when when you say buy list, are, you mean shipping into into stores, or yeah. are you saying bringing it to you personally? No, no, no. They 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 don't they don't like shipping and doing the work. Okay. So and I, a a lot of Magic players are like that because like we we use Card Kingdom and uh, the the miniature markets in the world a lot, but I'm pretty sure that. 80% of the Magic players never heard of them. I, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with you. And I, those I, are the guys that you can buy collections off. Well, I I would just bring my, bring my stack of bulk down to the shop in the Twin Cities, and they offered me a, a 30% buy-in, and that made it made sense to me. So yeah. I'd, I'd hand them a stack of bulk rares, and they would hand me... Uh, hand me money back and plus 30 percent for a trade-in and i'd walk out of there with with any number of decks that i wanted to play and I, I just kept sinking money in until i started realizing that i could make money off of uh off of this hobby and once i realized that everything changed for me charlie is there anything else that you'd uh, like to add about um, the worldwide market yeah um uh, not really on the worldwide market, I guess, but uh, Wolf has a has the a, uh, a good comment about um, if uh, the core set twenty one is being bought or even being opened. And so far as I know, nobody's opening it at the moment. And I don't like it's. I think it's an okay moment at the moment uh, now to be buying uh, a core twenty one stuff uh, because. Everybody has moved on already, and uh, I think the supply and Wolf can probably tell me uh, better. <laughs> uh, the supply in Europe is, I think, is dwindling down on a lot of the cards, the good cards like the Azusas, the heroic interventions, and I don't expect uh, the big box top uh, box rippers to open up a lot of that product because they're flooded with product at the moment, and. I don't expect them to open up um, a lot of that stuff in the next couple of months. Uh, also due to uh, maybe the reprints not being uh, properly uh, aligned with the printing uh, facilities uh, and the product just not being there. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not seeing a whole lot of people open up M21 anymore. People are still hunting in my local area, trying to undercut me uh, on on jumpstart boxes i've, I've sold all mine on, on <laughs> yeah don't get me started about jumpstart <laughs> that's uh... hey i see that you have jumpstart for sale for 170 dollars. well i can get it retail at at target for 519 a pack can i buy from you for 519 a pack no <laughs> yeah, jumpstart is 
uh, it's insane what happened with that set, but yeah, yeah absolutely. Pop, uh, we'll get Jim, to we'll get to jumpstart later to later today if we have time, right? We're going to talk about that as yeah. in one of our rumor section things. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jim. I, I was going to ask you. Um, I know that Bacon's itching to to talk about some of the cards that he's calling out. Do you have anything about the market or anything that you would like people to to direct people to? No, I, I'm not really good at picking out individual cards. I'll let Bacon do that. Um, the only thing I did notice today was that as of an hour ago, there were still 20-odd boxes of Japanese War of the Spark on Amazon for 116 a box, which comes out to just under $110 a box if you use an Amazon credit card um, to buy it. And that's those boxes tend to be the good ones, if made in Japan good ones, rather than the ones printed made in the U.S., from what I've seen, um, but I don't expect them to stay too much longer. Sometimes they they come and go and come and go, and you see a bunch, and then they're gone. They're back at one thirty, and then they're back down to one fifteen, one sixteen. So, grab them now if you see them. Um, that's my only spec of the week. I'll let uh, I'll let Bacon follow up with what he's got for you. All right, Bacon. If the baby's not crying and and you haven't had too much to drink, fire at us. My my magic card market is ready. Oh, the only thing that I've been drinking is coffee, and that is just not helping. Dude, it's twelve or eleven on the from yeah, on the island. I've got to I got to do a bottle feed in fifteen minutes, and then I got to oh. do another bottle feed in three and a half hours, and then I got to go to sleep, and then I got to go to work at nine. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Living the life. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I've I've had a baby this week as well, but but that's because by the time I hit noon on Wednesday, I had I had already billed fifty hours for the week, uh, so that that was a little rough on me. But uh, I couldn't imagine having a kid, and at at my age, and we're about the same age. But uh, you've you've got some cards that you'd like to share, so let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. I'm getting a bit derailed here. Uh, I'll make it quick since we're trying to be nice and quick tonight. Uh, one card is actually two cards, uh, so that makes it nice and easy. Uh, and it's just purely a market gap, and that is Nick's Bloom Ancients. Um, the non-foils are sub $10 on card market shipped, uh, selling on TCG for 18 to 18.75. I think I've got the spotlight at the moment, and they've been selling at about $18 each. So that's just straight up free money. Uh, and the foils as well. I don't really know too much uh, if we should be looking at just the, the regular set foil version, but they're the same thing. They're around that 11 to $12 range shipped. Um, they're around that $20 mark on TCG. I'm, I'm not really keen on the foils, but you can't ignore the fact that there is such a decent discrepancy with both regular and foil they're, boxes. They're almost the same same amount. Yeah, I was looking at them this week. <laughs> so I've, I've, I mean, I'll be honest, I've been buying and selling these now for about four weeks. Um, I was in around the $8 mark over the last two to three weeks. Uh, and I, I thought that the uh, the price was, I was initially selling around that 15 to $16 range, but it just keeps climbing. And it's gonna be $20. I don't, I'm not even gonna give a time frame. Could probably even be $20 at the end of this week, who knows? But it, it, it's that close already, it's just free money. Um, I, and- I- Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, uh, you, you go, man. You go. You go. Uh, I, I, I want to comment that I think Tarkon was paying like fifteen dollars on them on his buy list. <laughs> so I shipped like twelve or fifteen copies to him because I was like, "Yeah, there are like seven euros here. You yeah, can have them." <laughs> there, there is still hundreds. So just yeah, just clear them out. There's yeah. no reason not to. <laughs> um, the other one, 
All I'm going to say is the card name. I have absolutely no idea why it is spiking, but people in the Discord have been talking about it. And it's the uh, memory jar. I don't know why. Um, yeah. But it's the FTV version because Card Market has these at $14 to $15 shipped. Uh, card Kingdom's already got your buy list covered at $16.50. And they're already selling retail at $24 to $25 on TCG. And they're going up. So I, I grabbed a set myself just then. And um, yeah, there is, I don't know, 64, 68 more copies that are all under $15, $16 each. Yeah, I have no idea why, but there's a market gap with that. Maybe someone on the call can explain why there is such a big gap. Maybe the Hive Mind can tell us. Like, Memory Jar is always a card that has, like, the eyes of the speculators, I think, because it's such a weird, good reserve list card. But it's also not fun, I think, or something. Yeah, I don't I mean, play I, uh, EDH or CDH, so I have no clue why or how. But it's always a card. It's it's easy to buy and easy to sell. I think. Memory jar is about as fun to play against as Armageddon decks. Like <laughs> it just sucks when they screw with every single thing you do, and you're like, this is no fun. Just do your thing, keep playing with yourself, and 20 minutes later, we'll have a game ended. But yeah, I, and memory jar is not a fun to play against, but love people love playing with it. Yeah, yes. it, it does look like that the uh, the regular set foil, uh, the regular set foil, and the non foil are both already being targeted and moved on card market. But, but for some reason, the FTV, it could just be the foiling process. Maybe people don't like that, but you can't ignore the fact that the it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, I'm, yeah. I I think about things in terms of cube and what's fun to play in a cube. And I unfortunately picked up a bunch of stuff that got banned uh, before the ban happened just for my cube. And it it's, it's kind of stellar to play with. And Memory Jar is one of those cards that is second pickable um, in my cube. And it's just something that people want to see. They want to be able to draw cards in cube to get to their answers, to find things that they want. And Memory Jar says draw. And uh, when you draw things happen um you know whenever an opponent draws a card except for the first one things like things like Zyrus, the uh the writhing storm or cards like uh Rael, narset narset all yeah. of these things have things that happen and it's just one of those fantastic things in edh where people are having more fun with it than they should uh and people are valuing it more higher than than things that they they should as well uh I did see that a few people in the Discord this afternoon were talking about um, that card going up or maybe missing a sale, so I don't know if others may know more than we do about that. I think it's it's like... It, it, uh, Memory Jar was mentioned with uh, the spoiling of Riel, and but it didn't really saw like a real big movement. Uh, but memory jar is like the 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 in the same list of reserve list cards that people keep mentioning uh, that are playable and have EDH appeal and is just too cheap for being a reserve list card. Um, yeah, so, in my mind, yeah. when someone started talking about it today, I was like, "Isn't that a fifty dollar card already? No, it's only twenty five, <laughs> and that's the spiking price. That's crazy." Yeah. So yeah, in my mind and a lot of people that don't think about it, I'm sure it's one of those forty, fifty, sixty dollar reserve list cards. So I think it's just catching up to people's expectations. It it is not on the reserve list, right? 
It is. Oh, it is? How yeah, this managed to print it in the FTV. Oh, yeah, the same with Mox Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's right. what my that's what my lawsuit was with uh with uh, Watsi <laughs> is about. Those reprinted guys' cradles and Mox Diamonds are Wheel of Fortune. Oh. <laughs> All right. One of the things that we also like to do is to to kind of banter back and forth, and we've had some some really unique things happening in the world of of uh, Wizards of the Coast this past week. Uh, I, I feel like I've been lied to, I've been cheated upon, I have been force-fed information that I didn't want to see, and I, I feel almost like like I'm, I'm facing a little bit of PTSD now from the sheer amount of, of whiplash from the number of cards coming out right now, and, and just the false information and the, the, the not checking your product before you ship it. It is absolutely baffling to me what's happening. Uh, we have rumors upon rumors that are flying right now. And we have stuff that's happening all over the U.S. This stuff is unbelievable. Oh, what what rumors are we actually hearing right now? Well, I had kind of a, a list uh, I generated really quickly of random stuff that we've heard today um i think the most juiciest one i think a lot of the rumors have been spread around um social media already so a lot of people won't be too surprised by them but um one thing that i wanted to give a little bit of a background in is that for a while now um the band discord has been one of the places that has known about secret layers well in advance of the general public um we kept it under wraps for a long time because uh we didn't want Watsi to figure out how we got their information and to shut down our avenue. Um, over the last few months, they have started to clamp down on that and making it more difficult for us to find out about secret layers. Um, but we did learn today that there will be a secret layer announcement soon um, for something coming out on August 27th. We don't know exactly what it is. We don't know um, what will impact, but we do know that there are versions that will be available on both um, uh, MTGO and Arena. Um, so it's it's something that's going to be on both platforms. Um, and it should be announced, I'm guessing, in the next week or two. But you never know. Sometimes they announce it three weeks in advance. Sometimes they announce it three days in advance. So what we do know is it will come out August 27th, according to the data that we have. Um, and I guess we all got to sit around and, and start taking guesses at what it might be. Um, like I said before, we would get a lot more information, um, which was good because we could take uh, market action to get rid of cards that were going to be reprinted in Secret Lair or to snatch up cards that we thought the Secret Lair would, would make, um, make more valuable, for instance. But I think this, this time we don't really know much except that there's something we don't know. We, we know we don't know put it that way so that's that's the tidbit about secret lair from today and i'm sure in the next few days it'll leak all over all over the social medias and everyone will hear it in different places um the other thing uh, another thing i wanted to to touch on was the jumpstart delays in europe so if uh charlie or bacon want to talk about that because i don't really know much about it it's just one of those things that like keeps getting worse and worse every time I hear about it. Yeah, the 
Yeah, yeah I'll let you go, Jelly. Yeah. I've got the consumer side. You've probably got the store side. Yeah. Um, the What the distributor now is saying is they don't have any clue on a product coming their way uh, from Jumpstart. Uh, they had a, a placeholder uh, release date at the end of August. Um, they added a tidbit that that's not an official release date for uh, for Jumpstart because uh, Watsi hasn't confirmed any product actually being shipped out to them. And uh, the main issue with Jumpstart is, and that's uh, similar with uh, other um, specialty products uh, like uh, mystery booster boxes, uh, everything that has strange mapping uh, is produced in uh, America. Um, they print the draft boxes in uh, Europe uh, and in Japan as well, and, and, and in America. Um, but the Jumpstart delay uh, is really uh, caused by COVID and the, the American printers just not being able to produce uh, any Jumpstart at the moment, from what I believe. So yeah. didn't didn't they have a projected date by the end of August? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the twenty eighth of August, and now they're saying um, it's not an official date from uh, Watsi uh, because uh, they told us they uh, they don't know if they can get the products in our hands before that date. Because I've heard that there's supposed to be a second wave of jumpstart to to backfill the orders that weren't fulfilled a month ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. In the U.S., I don't know if that order is actually going to happen, or if that process is going to happen as well. Because it sounds like if you can't supply Europe, why would you be uh, able re to supply restock? The US? Yeah, yeah, that's that's they have they're running in the same problems with. Uh, the, I think one of the Texas printers is uh, uh, closed uh, at the moment, or uh, severely handicapped uh, due to uh, uh, COVID, and all of that stuff is coming from that location, from what I understand. Which yeah. is it's it's logical because it's in the printing process facilities. It's it's like all of their their specialty product is coming from that specific location, uh, from what what we have seen in mm -hmm. Europe. So yeah, it's probably uh, all the product they had to destroy because it was double printed. <laughs> yeah, like just send it. I don't care if it's double printed. Yeah. Send it to me. We're fine with that in Europe as well. <laughs> So, but uh, no, it's 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 uh, that's that's my side of the, the the store level because yeah, we have we we don't have any clues, and I think no, none of the distributors have any uh, real knowledge of a product being shipped uh, their way. One of the things that's been brought up over the past couple of days is can we ship product from the U.S. to Europe, uh, specifically Jumpstart? So let's say I, I go over to Target and I buy a whole bunch of five dollar packs uh, from Target, and I crack the the outside pack and I box them up and ship them. Would you guys want them in Europe? Um, no, no, because we're not allowed to sell them on car market because the official release date, <laughs> the unofficial release date, is the twenty eighth of August. Yeah, so it's it's a really stupid situation in my mind because yeah. even if even if we got that product, card market will basically tell us that I'm sorry, this product hasn't been released in this region, so it's pre-orders only, which means only a power seller could sell those packs. Yeah, 
So wow. What, so are prices even up for Jumpstart on MCM? They weren't a few it, days ago. Yeah, there are, are prices. They're like they're yeah placeholders because uh, pre-order prices don't say anything on car market. Yeah, uh, oh, and they're not I, I, they're not actually being shipped, right? Even well, if the person has it you, in hand, you, they're you, not shipping. You can't physically ship them because you can't finish the order. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I, I pre-ordered. Uh, so like my story of it, I pre-ordered six cases uh, from Germany. And I pre-ordered them on uh, June 21st. And then I, it said on the notification that these would be shipped by the 24th of July. So I just kind of left it. And then I came back around the 26th of July just to check. And there was now a new update. And it said that the um, the release date is now the 28th of August. And so I messaged the, the vendors and they said, yeah, it's, it's now been pushed to the 28th of August. But we actually don't know if the 28th of August is legitimate because we've been told it's an indefinite hold because they haven't actually printed the product to be shipped into the EU. So, and then I had to go to card market support and they, they allowed me to cancel every single case because like the, the power sellers, they're actually allowed to pre-sell all of these cases that haven't even been printed yet. Um, and th they will get the money in their pocket because that's how the power sellers work. They get that straight away. And then the, the consumers, we have to wait for it to be printed, wait for it to be shipped, get to the distributor, then the distributor has to get to the store, and then we finally get it shipped to us. Yeah, it sounds like all these these things are lining up to be to make Jumpstart turn out to be a really, really unique um, release. But, yeah, but the, I could... the thing that I think is going to really affect Europe uh, more than the rest of the world is because we, we essentially miss batch one. Um, and they are now going to have to print more for the demand that's already been sold over here. And I'm fairly certain that I any printing issues that have already happened in wave one, which caused a lot of people to want the sealed packets because of the double printing and all the misprints and the crazy value, that's all going to be corrected come the second wave. So I don't think Europe's going to have that premium of, of the packs because they're just not going to be able to get misprinted packs. See, I, I actually held a slightly different view. I think because this is being this is going so long, I, I expected box prices to start falling a week or so after release. Like two hundred dollars was way too high, but they're still sitting around two hundred bucks a box. I think the longer this this mess up continues, the more that two hundred dollar box price is kind of locked into people's minds. You know, even if they have way too much supply in two months from now, I could say boxes still being 150 plus because people are just used to, oh yeah, this is Jumpstart. It's a $200 box. It's you know on sale for only 175. Sure. I'll buy it at that price, you know? So I, I think it's actually, it may have a, a strange effect on people's mentality of what they think the product is worth because it spent so long in its initial release of being this overly like massively expensive because it was impossible to find type product. But I, I don't. I just don't see the race to the bottom happening immediately. Um, you know, seeing one hundred dollar boxes floating around everywhere. I think uh, there's going to be this this perceived scarcity, even if there isn't an actual scarcity. But I don't know. That, that's kind of my wishful thinking as well, because I do have a large number of boxes that are coming to me eventually, and I'm hoping those prices can hold somewhat close to a good profit margin. Uh, I I think the the market will will. Uh, solve that really quick if everyone yeah. is getting yeah if everyone is getting like two three five hundred boxes you will have people running running the price into the ground 
Oh, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think what's going to happen is it's going to trickle out. Like, they're going to get it up and running, and because they have so much demand, everyone's going to get a fraction of what they wanted. You know, nobody's going to get four or five Heavily allocated, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. It's it's interesting that they keep pushing the date back, and now it's indefinite. Yeah. It's kind of a crazy, weird situation I've never seen before. All right, so... uh, This is the first for a lot of people, a lot of stores here. Nobody has a clue on how this is going to uh, uh, resolve. So we, we continue down this this line of oops by Wizards of the Coast. And all of a sudden, we've, we've got this VIP pack. And they are absolutely messed up from what they said they were going to print. How, how does Wizards of the Coast even recover from this? They, it's, like, it's like the advertising department didn't talk to the uh, didn't talk to the people that were actually doing uh, the development on the packs. How do we even recognize those mythic slots of instead of being like you could get four mythics to all, you might you might only get one. Zero. Well, we did see the uh, we did see the, the tweet or the some message I saw uh, someone screen captured where Wizards actually acknowledged this mistake and that if customers have a problem with it, they should contact Watsi customer support. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see how that develops over the next twenty four to forty eight hours as people get their VIP packs and then people start realizing that they could ask Watsi for a free handout and apparently Watsi. It seems like they might be giving everybody a freebie if this is exactly what's what's they've intended to do. They they've done it historically. They've given out they've way overcompensated people for their mistakes. Um, in my mind, I mean they it was a bad bad precedent they set when they when they sent a free UMA box stopper to everybody that didn't get their uh, their order for uh, what was it Mythic Edition a couple of years ago? Yeah, Ravnica. I think Mythic Edition Ravnica. And suddenly or, in the mail, you got this. You you got your money back for the order you never made. The the product, you know, it, it made a little bit of money, but you know, you're you're looking at making a free fifty bucks or something like that. But then you get a you get your money back, and on top of it, you get a hundred dollar pack in the mail. And it was like, whoa, this is this is insane. And then the next mistake was uh, again with Mythic Edition, and they sent everyone multiple free copies of War of the Spark sheets, like. They've built up this pattern of we're going to overcompensate you. And I I don't know. I'm interested to see what will happen here because it's such a widespread problem. And there's so many people that will be like, sure, Watsi, give me something for free. And they'll expect something huge. They won't expect a, a $10 bill in the mail. They'll be like, that's nothing, man. Like, Give me something reasonable. I just spent $100 for this pack. I expect another free $100 in cards. You know, so well, I mean, the the easiest way to do it is they only put half the amount of advertised product in the product. So why don't just send us a whole another product? Yeah, that's what they may do, which is a three hundred dollars basically in the mail. I, I thought it would be a good idea for them to print out um, box toppers, the non foil ones that they come in the in the U the in the double masters booster boxes, and just send those as apologies to everybody that ordered a pack. But then, I mean, what do you do for people like me? I've got I've got twenty VIP packs coming in the mail. Like, do I get twenty packs of free box toppers? That's insane. But well, I don't know. Maybe. No, you'll probably get a Terros Collector's Booster box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> wow. 
you know, but but this is this is one of those things where it's just it's it's been one thing after another. Like some of these some of these VIP packs are are absolutely ridiculous. They they have they're god packs where where they've completely messed up the printing order and all of a sudden instead of getting 10 lands you're you're getting four lands plus another six toppers or a, another another six you know foil foil cards how do how does how does wizards even recover from this can you imagine somebody opens up their their god pack with with 10 rares in it or mythics and they're calling Wizards of the Coast and saying, "Hey, this product is messed up. This is what happened." I, I want, want the new my, booster. <laughs> I want my I want my lands. Yeah, I think I think you're looking at the wrong side of that coin. Uh, I think the the more the the more likely situation is that's going to happen to some people. Um, I mean, I've seen God packs and other products they've made, but the flip side of that is that there's devil packs i don't know what the opposite of god is right like where you open a pack and there's nothing but basic lands and you're like what <laughs> this is total trash you know uh I, I what i'm saying is those basic lands went somewhere <laughs> they went to somebody else and those mythics you stole from somebody else so i think that's that's probably the bigger like oopsie from what's Wats standpoint and what they usually do is they just say okay no problem we'll send you some free product um because it's usually not that widespread i would be I'd be curious to see if more of these uh, surface uh, pairs that, that a couple came out today. Um, but I'd be curious to see if uh, a different shop in some other part of the country opens up some packs and discovers that they've got 10 mythics in there instead of their, their justifiably one to two at most. So it's interesting. I think, I think actually the bigger oops with those uh vip packs was what what i think a lot of people are declaring or considering maybe a, a plant or a, a purposeful leak by watsi to try to take you know try to build up some hype but the uh the zendikar rare land that came out um you guys all saw that right yeah yep i don't so, know how that uh, how that can happen to be honest it's on, super on weird purpose. Like, yeah, on purpose, probably. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't understand how that happens any other way except that they want that card to be shown. Or somebody has a jolly moment at the printing facility. But that that's yeah, super weird. Well, I, definitely, it it would be weird if it was the only card in the pack. But if the entire pack contained all Zendik, I I don't know enough about it. I mean, all we have is that one picture to go on and very few words from the person that posted it. So. You know, if the whole pack was a bunch of Zendikar cards, that's that makes a lot more sense than if just one out of right. the entire pack was. You know, because they could have mixed up the product, the printing. You know, the cards got sorted wrong when they were printing both at the same time to try to try to you know get ahead of demand or something. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of issues that the printer presses these days. So it's it's plausible that it's an accident, but I think I'm with you guys. I think it's it's more likely that it's not. And I, I, I really want to just know, where, where does half this stuff come from? Because it's, it's as if Wizards of the Coast has, has stepped back from their desire to print, to print quality product, and they've stepped back from their desire to have controls on things, and to see oops leaks like this after, what, we've, we've had a solid three months where, where very little has been, stole, has been spoiled, uh, if not six months 
of, of not having a spoiler and all of a sudden we get something like this and it's like oh this is a big oops this shouldn't have happened that just doesn't make sense to me um at the same time i'm as as much as people want jumpstart product and as much as we called it over the last uh six months uh we we look at these vip packs at 100 bucks a piece and it's rumored that there's what 300,000 to half a million packs printed well let me let me step back on that number cuz um i think i think this comes from the only, i haven't heard this from anyone else i've just saw a picture that the that uh michael caffrey is that his name at tales of adventure um he he posted a picture online of his palette, and I noticed on the side it was palette number one ninety six W, which I'm assuming means west or its its location in the building. I don't think it was. I, I think conservatively, if that's the hundred ninety sixth palette, that if only two hundred palettes were produced, you're looking at roughly two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand um, packs in in uh, in circulation. I think that if you take the law of averages that he didn't get the very last pallet that, um, you know, there's a, it's a good chance he's somewhere in the middle. Then you're looking closer to uh, half a million uh, VIP packs that were produced by that one single factory. Now from a picture that Charlie posted, it seems that the VIP packs are all coming out of the same place. So that's good because that means that, um, we don't have half a million at this factory and half a million at another factory and half a million at a third factory. Um, so, so that, that limits it somewhat, uh, though somebody else mentioned today how they're selling VIP packs in big box stores and how that might have an impact on the total print run just because they, they know they have to fulfill Walmart and target at these enormous levels. Um, so it could be half a million, maybe too low still. Um, but even at that, half a million packs is just so many of a hundred dollar pack. Like the, we don't know print run numbers as solid fact on anything since I think the dark or ice age was some of the last ones we actually got good solid numbers on. Um, but it is estimated. I think it's generally accepted that over the last few years, a good standard set prints about a million booster boxes. Um, so half a million for a specialty set is just, so many vip packs out there and uh it we did some numbers and i crunched some some stuff and and found out that on a, i mean the long and short of it is about ten thousand of each um foil mythic will be entering the market um sorry the box hopper foil mythic the borderless one and about uh i have to go look up my numbers again um so, so it's between ten and twenty thousand for the various different kinds, from rares to mythics and stuff like that. And if you're, if you're in band, you can go look up that post. I put it into one of our channels and pinned it. Um, but the interesting thing that came out of that is, uh, it looks like if if the same number of VIP packs were printed as booster boxes, which is, yeah, I mean, it's it's a reasonable guess. We don't really have numbers. We I haven't seen a pallet number yet for for VIP boost or for. Uh, for double masters booster boxes. Um, so I'm just guessing that roughly the same amount was produced. Uh, if that's the case, the box topper, um, borderless non-foil cards are actually significantly more rare than the foil box topper cards, um, based on, on the way it breaks down and stuff like that. It, it's something 
gonna have to go look at those numbers but i remember looking at it it was something like um i don't want to be wrong but sixteen thousand of a foil uh a non-foil rare booster box uh, box topper to twenty three thousand of the foil version so it's that's it doesn't seem like a lot 16 to 23 but it's a it'll be a significant sizable amount if you consider that the market for foils is drastically different than the market for non-foils and um it makes sense that you see these non-foils going for a higher price than foils in my mind i think that's where the market should settle is that the foils should be actually cheaper than the non-foils for this this particular product but that was that was kind of my run i don't know if you guys had any any thoughts on how many vip packs were printed or you know maybe we'll see some more numbers to try to get a rough estimation um but it's just interesting that uh so much is out there and uh, people is starting to hate this product <laughs> just which is interesting because i think it could lead to massive sell-offs on vip packs from the distributors i mean i i I thought it was a likelihood back in priority season that these go below their $80, $80 to $90 range. Um, I think it's much more likely now that they're going to hit something closer to 70 maybe even as low as 60 to 65 um, So if you're looking to buy some sealed and throw it away, I'd say, not throw it away, throw it in your closet and sit on it for a few years. Give it, give it a little bit of time to see how the market reacts because I think we're heading towards cheaper VIP packs. They've got to sell them somehow, and I think people don't want to buy them at this rate, uh, at this price anymore. The only thing that I have to add is uh, I, I ran your numbers against um, the WPN uh, locations worldwide, and that's yep. roughly 6,000 uh, locations worldwide that are WPN licensed. And that sort of sums up uh, around, I think, 800 uh, boosters of FIP products per location worldwide. I have no clue if that's, hmm. if that's, yeah, it sounds a yeah, lot, my numbers, to be honest. My numbers, I estimated 300,000 um, 300, Double okay. Masters boxes. Yeah. But I could, I, I think that number is conservative. I think it is closer to half. Um, okay. But even at that conservative three hundred thousand, I, I just found that's only fifty to... fifty boxes. Of, uh, I don't know what the. That's <laughs> only fifty boxes, uh, with three hundred thousand. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that that sounds that sounds even low. I think. For, yeah, uh, yeah it, Because if for, we we saw vendors rare... open up uh, two thousand uh, of those uh, boxes, so. Using the numbers that we've we've seen from people opening massive amounts of boxes. Um, and their percentages for for rares versus foils and stuff, uh, sorry, rares versus mythics and whatnot. I, I came to the conclusion that if three hundred thousand of each product was created, then you'd have sixteen thousand six hundred sixty-six non-foil rares uh, borderless for every twenty thousand rare borderless. So obviously, if you if you have double that number of of production, it was six hundred thousand, not three hundred thousand that you're looking at you're looking at double those numbers as well. But using my assumed numbers, you're looking at a good, um, what's that, five times math in my head, about 80%. There's about 80 non-foils for every 100 foils for the rare 
box apps. Mythics are a little different because of how they broke out. Mythics are actually slightly more, more uh, mythic non-foils are slightly more, um, there's more of them, sorry, slightly less scarce. So in my math, it was 10,000 foil mythic box toppers for 13,000 non-foil mythic box toppers. So you're looking at slightly more non-foils, uh, mythics at least, than, than foils. But I think the really interesting thing is that rare, rare box toppers are going to be, should be in higher, de- higher um, demand a higher price for the non-foils over the but we'll see what happens. People are weird. They go, oh, foil. It must be must be more hard to find. It must be more rare. I want a foil. But I don't know. Uh, it's the same does not hold true for for uh, non box toppers. Those are vastly different because the number of of um, non box topper rares and mythics that show up inside inside the the booster boxes far outweighs the amount that you're going to open with a similar number of VIP packs because you get. 48 rares or mythics in a box where you only get four rares or mythics in a VIP pack. So there's a lot more non-foils entering the market for the non-box toppers. I just want to be clear about that. Okay. Anyways, that was that was my rundown of the, the massive supply of VIP packs. I, I, I just think about all, all of these different things that are happening with, with VIP. And I let me let me spin out a theory here and you can tell me if i'm wrong and which i'm completely fine being wrong the the theory is uh wizards of the coast went oh crap we have limited print run space in um we have limited print run space in in during the summer because of covid19 so what are we going to cut down to make room for uh, for our stellar product that we're trying to release. So the first thing that they do is they cut down M21 to a 50% because nobody really likes buying M21 to begin with. Nobody likes corsets. The second thing that they do is they look at Jumpstart and go, well, this is a fun this is a fun set that we want to play, but we can't get it over to Europe, so we might as well just print enough for a first run in the u.s and then we'll release it in a second run after we get vip printed now we have vip in hand now we have double masters coming out this weekend all of this stuff is is getting into people's hands and they screw it up by giving the wrong numbers in the advertisement to begin with well like i'll be i'll be honest this is probably their flagship product for this year double masters um so yeah they prioritized uh this product range uh for a worldwide release it has zero delays and every single release has had trouble and uh um, like if you can sell i think it's 30 cards in the fit pack or for 34 cards in the fit pack if you can sell that little amount of cardboard for a hundred bucks you're going to prioritize it over the other boxes that have much more product in it and have a longer um uh pro- uh, producement time or i don't know how you call that in the uh, production time sorry yeah production time it's, it's late here uh production time uh, overall uh in the printing facilities so yeah it uh, like it's it, it sounds logical that they uh, 
pushed FIP uh, despite having delays on all the other products. And the double masters normal boxes, as uh, as I've shown today, uh, are also uh, produced in probably Japan and in Belgium uh, in the facilities because that's just a normal booster box product that's it's similar to uh, a, a draft booster box. So that's easy for for them to the to get to the the, the masses, and the fit packs needed to go out. So yeah. Probably jumpstart uh, died a bit for that. Yeah, what we're dealing with is just a ton of speculation. What we're dealing with is a, a, a flagship product that people are trying to to say is better than it actually was, and the advertisement was was wrong on it. The uh, discussion and narrative that we're seeing after things are being cracked is wrong, and now people are being. Uh, being able to return their product sight unseen and it's turning into one of those things where people are flash selling their vip booster packs for 80 dollars a piece and they're trying to just recoup their cost off of what they had bought papa uh, I, Jim? I i was gonna say i like actually how the market is getting so negative about this product because I see it as a sleeper in a couple of years. I see that the uh, double masters is full of really good cards that are that are staples. And the more people hate on it, the more like, oh no, it's not as good. The prices are going down. Well, the cheaper you can pick up boxes and hold on to them. Um, I think it's going to be similar to EMA in terms of everyone's annoyed by by how much um, the the product was out there and so they didn't want it and they tried to sell it. And then a year later, it all just jumps, goes through the moon. And EMA is now probably the most expensive of all the masters boxes. Um, even more expensive than, than modern masters. I, I think they're about neck and neck, but, but it's, it's surprising how modern masters is 2013 and EMA is 2017 and they're still on par with each other or close to it. So I can see that double masters is going to be a, a, a fan favorite in a couple of years, just not now. And maybe not the VIP packs They're They've got such a bad rap on them. Now they, we know that they're full of junk basically or not as good of a value as, yeah. as we are promised. Most definitely. Uh, what else would we like to add? Bacon is, is feeding a, a baby that, that is desperate for nutrition. Charlie, do you have anything else that you'd like to add today? Um, no, nah, not really, to be honest. I think um, we touched on the, the most hot topics at the moment. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm fully behind uh, Papa that um, VIP and, Ult and, and Double Masters are going to be hits in the next couple of years. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a strange product to, to be releasing in, in mid-summer in a worldwide pandemic but yeah it's it's um i i see the whole opposite here in, in europe with the fip packs because like i sold through my whole allotment today so and above the market price uh, because uh, a lot of locals were, were like really eager to open the packs and they saw youtube videos of like people opening up uh, the foil forces of wheels and whatever so yeah, I, 
I only see people on Facebook like dumping their inventory, but locally, people are eating it up. So I'll probably b will order more tomorrow with the distributor. So yeah, uh, just keep your eyes open and and like this is just a a little glip I think uh, on the the whole scale of of double masters. The people love the cards, people love the product, and yeah, sure. It's annoying what they did with the VIP uh, booster boxes, but yeah, it's, it's... yeah. And realistically, you, you're nobody's going to open a four a four mythic VIP box or pack, anyways. Like it, no. it, the chances were so minuscule. It was like okay, maybe one in two hundred or three hundred packs will have four mythics in the box. You know, like that was the estimated chances before. Now we just know it's an absolutely zero chance, but. Um, but it shouldn't make any major difference to the long-term value of the box because it doesn't change the value. The, the, the ratio of Mythic to Rare is still there. So yeah. it's, a, it's, more high, it's more just people freaking out than actual, like, this product is not good. So just hold on for the, hold through the storm. Dollar cost average by buying down the chain as it gets cheaper. <laughs> and um, yeah. you'll be a happy person in a couple of years. I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. So we can we can start talking about the super secret stuff, but we have to stop recording first, right, Ken? That's that's very true. I want to thank everybody for joining us once again on this episode of Bandcast uh, of the Bandwidth. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, gather with us for just a few moments. One of the things that we like to do is open things up to the Discord, and uh, we'll be unmuting a few people here so that questions and answers can be asked. One of the one of the hottest questions that we have is do you see Wizards of the of the Coast reprinting any of these cards next year? And my response is absolutely every single one. We can expect to see them all printed again at any time. We're just moving cards much quicker than they can reprint them. Baby, 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 oh.